You are listening to Historically, a show where we decolonize history and debunk myths and misinformation taught to you in school and on corporate media. Today, we have a special guest, Luna Oi, who will go through almost 500 years of Vietnamese history, including the French occupation and the American atrocities. Thank you so much for joining us. I've been a huge fan of yours. Uh, I've Aww. loved your takedown of Vosh, and I love how you take down all these stupid American anarchists. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, yeah, but and I got a lot of attack because of that too. But well, it doesn't matter that much, <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah, it's like. The thing is that Americans, I don't know, for me, it's like, how dare they uh, do that? Like, haven't yeah, they right. done enough? Yeah. And there's, and they don't understand so much. And well, this is what I was kind of hoping to have you here for, because a lot of Americans know a little bit about the war, but mm-hmm. they don't know anything that happened before or after. So I guess let's start with how Vietnam was a French colony. And so what happened afterwards? I guess I want to learn more about how they partitioned Vietnam in Geneva. Was that right? Okay, um, hi everybody, I'm Luna, I'm a Vietnamese living in Vietnam and I have my YouTube channel Luna Ơi, you can go check it out. Uh, I mostly talk about, you know, like well, fun stuff like traveling or teach you to cook Vietnamese food. I also talk about history and political stuff too. And I'm so happy to be on uh, your channel today. So happy to meet you, Asia. Thank you so much. Um, like I said, I'm a huge fan. I love watching your videos. <laughs> You're so energetic. <laughs> so Vietnam used to be a French colony. Yes. How did you guys get France to leave? Mm, so it's a story of more than a hundred years. So it mm-hmm. started in like late 18th century, early 19th century, something like that. So like in Vietnam at that time, we still had King, the Nguyen dynasty. And the French at that time, they just f-ing came and we had a fight and the king lost. And they came here and they looted every f-ing thing, even <laughs> until now to this day in the a lot of museum in uh, French, especially the Louvre one, they still have so many national treasures of Vietnam and they oh refuse to give them back to this day. I, I totally understand what you mean because um, I'm learning Russian and a, a month ago, my Russian teacher, like we were just covering the museums. I'm from India yeah. and my Russian teacher asked me like, which museum in India are most of the national treasure? And I'm like, the London Museum. <laughs> Exactly, a f-ing bunch of looters. Oh, oh! By the way, um, let me mention this interesting thing. The word looting comes mm. from the Hindi word lutana, which Ooh. means to steal. So nice. my theory is that <laughs> whenever like an Indian saw a British person, they'd be like lutana, lutana, chori, chori, yeah. and then like the, all the words that came from Hindi, they, all they of them even are stole your word. They even stole yeah, your word. Exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, it's very disgusting. So, like, they came, like, the stories, like, it was a day, the so sad day of Vietnam. They stole every freaking thing. They even stole the the toilet of the yeah, king, I... like, the, the pot. It's like, what the hell? So, <laughs> yeah, so they came here and then they uh, looted everything. They defeated the king and they just 
nearly destroy our playlist right now. We still have them, but there's still a lot of bombs like uh, craters from that day. And then what year was this then? It's like 19th century, early 19th century. Oh, oh okay. Go ahead. Okay, let's see. yeah. So they came and then like they didn't really overthrow the king. They did not. They just like came here, show their strength, then forced the king and the uh, royal family to like to work for them, to be the puppet for them, and then to like give a lot of monies and a lot of things to them. So yeah, we are under their occupation and their colonialism for a hundred years. The thing is about like to to tell about twenty centuries, you know, twenty centuries during the World War One and World War Two. Of French, they were weakened a lot at that time, so they kind of, kind of, they didn't really officially leave Vietnam, but they like, they didn't really occupy us anymore. They still like French soldiers in Vietnam. They didn't they torture us anymore. Think that because they all like joined the World War One and World Two. Okay, so there's two videos I've seen. I don't know if you've seen this, but there's this one the French lady that's throwing bread at Vietnamese people like they're dogs or something. And the second one is the rubber prison, like yeah. rubber. Okay, can you talk a little bit about the yeah. rubber plantation? Sure, sure. So the reason why French came to Vietnam. Because at first they want to loot the national treasures of Vietnam. The second was that, like you know, the Michelin, the rubber company in Europe, in France. In, I, yes, now I do. Yes, Michelin. Yes, yes. the very big, the Mi Mi Michelin rubber company. Mostly they because French at that time, especially Europe, they needed rubber a lot so they can make tire for their cars, and they cannot grow rubber trees in their homeland. So they 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 look at countries like poor countries like in Asia and Vietnam was their like priority because in the south of Vietnam in the west south of Vietnam there was a highland that perfect to grow rubber trees. So the most mostly they conquer Vietnam they colonize Vietnam so they can have a like rubber trees plantation so they can grow uh, rubbers for their freaking uh, Michelin tire company. That's and the thing is it. that a lot of people have heard of the Congo rubber, but they have not heard of, I'll put some pictures in, but they were basically removing like, like the rubber would like rip out people's skin and stuff because yes. of like, what, so uh, it, it was very cruel, right? Yes, yes. It was horrible. We, hundreds of thousands of Vietnamese died in those rubber, you know, like plantation. And like they, they treated us like we, we were not theoretically slaves because they got some payment but the job was like slavery it's it was horrible and just killed like a lot and lots and lots of people horrible it was horrible and this started before world war one yes before all before a hundred years before okay so mm -hmm. were there any vietnamese resistance movements anything like that popping yes. up Yes, there were a lot of revolutionaries started. A lot, I have to say. Like it was a time when, like, there were a lot of like revolutionary leaders in all over Vietnam to to try to fight against it, to, to like like to like strike or like fight and kill all the like their masters, but they all failed because they cannot connect to each other and they didn't ah. have a really strong ideology. They just fought because purely because of their patriotism. 
So like they failed miserably. They failed. Have you read Ho Chi Minh's、um, "The Path Which Led Me to Lenin"? Sure. Uh, can、yeah. you talk about that? Because it, he, he talks about how his patriotism led him to communism, and it was very interesting. Sure. So it um it was connected to the time two thousand about nineteen twenty nineteen seventeen something like that. Since like Vietnam was still kind of under the colonization of French、uh, during World War One and World War Two, and Ho Chi Minh, a lot just like. Many other、uh, like patriots at that time in Vietnam. He he traveled. He wanted to save Vietnam, and he traveled out because there were、um, more of a famous guy before Ho Chi Minh. He was Phan Bo Chow. He was like a little bit more like anarchist, you know, Phan、mm-hmm. Bo Chow. And、uh, he before Ho Chi Minh, he tried to save Vietnam by you know he looked up at Japan at that time with the King of Japan.、Mm. And he wanted Vietnam to maybe f- learn from Japan and follow Japan. So he sent a lot of students, like the best students of Vietnam, to Japan to learn, and hope that they will come back and help Vietnam. Ho Chi Minh would travel like、uh, he Ho 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 Chi Minh took Phan Bo Chow was like a lesson as was also a teacher, and Ho Chi Minh was like, well, Phan Bo Chow already came to the East, like Japan, to learn, and it didn't really help. So why? Don't I just go to the West? That was why、mm-hmm. Ho Chi Minh decided to go to the West, to go to Europe and America to find a different way. And actually, Ho Chi Minh and Phan Bo Chow wrote a lot of letters to each other. Ho Chi Minh actually reported to Phan Bo Chow, and they both talked together to find like what's the best way to save Vietnam.、Um, yeah. So, and about 1917, when Ho Chi Minh was in、uh, France. He joined the Social Party of France, something like that, and he encountered Lenin's works and the October Revolution in Russia. You know, and he、uh-huh. was like, he was so happy because yes, he started as patriotism, and he went out to try to find a way to save our nation. And finally, he encountered Leninism and communism, and he knew that this was the way. To liberate our nation, and yes, and he followed、um, Leninism, Marxism. He followed communism, and he joined the Third International because of that. And back in like、mm-hmm. all the way back to nineteen sixty two, when he was already the president of Vietnam, he wrote the path that led me to Leninism.、Uh, and one of the quotes like got like misquoted a lot by American historians is like <laughs> <laughs> he wrote. At first, it was patriotism, not yet communism, that inspired me. But step by step, I gradually like develop and learn, and where we something like we I found out that communism, Leninism was the only way to liberate all oppressed nations on earth, and something like that. But like all the historian, quote unquote,、um, white historians, they just love like. Half quoted. It's not just a half. It's like a quarter of the, of the quote. And they said like, <laughs> at first it was patriotism, not communism, and they they stopped there. They're like, see, so Ho Chi Minh was nationalist. Like, it was so no, annoying. It's stupid too. And being a nationalist from a third world country means you're telling the colonizers to、exactly. leave your country. So Gandhi、yes. was a nationalist. Nehru was a nationalist. Yes, it's different than a nationalist from a first world country. Yes, exactly. And I am making a video. I will release maybe today or tomorrow about national left wing nationalism and what is nationalism of the third world country. 
to explain every single thing about that and to debunk on all the ding dong argument from white <laughs> people who just like on all the nationalists of the third world countries. Yeah, exactly. Like white people. Oh my god. Like. Uh, uh, I don't know, like often I'm like so shocked by their stupidity and I don't know what to say, like, but you seem to have the energy to address it. Like, I'm, I just get frozen. I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have the spirit of revolutionaries of Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess according to Lenin, uh, at least, World War One was fought between, I, I guess, France, England, and Tsarist Russia formed a pact just in order to, like, divide the colonies. Yeah. What happened, af- like, what happened to Vietnam during the process of World War One? Okay. During World War One, because uh, France were focusing on their own uh, country, so they kind of left Vietnam. Kind of alone, not really alone, though, because there still there were still soldiers to, to torture us, but it was not as bad as before. So at that time, Vietnam actually had a lot of movement, like a liberation movement. 1920s and 1930s of Vietnam like was a very strong movement in Vietnam. Like a lot of workers had worker mm-hmm. strikes. Yes. And also, they, they had like Red Union at that time that later they became the National Union of Vietnam. Um, yeah, and Ho Chi Minh also brought along with about 20 or 30 other communists, the first communist Vietnamese communists in French, they brought communism back to Vietnam since the uh, 1920s and 30s and then became stronger and stronger and more and more people join the communist uh, movement, learn about Marxism-Leninism and also like worker strike. It's, it's like a very uh, like important time for Vietnam to set the base for the our oh. liberation movement later. How did the worker strike work? What did they demand? What Did they get anything? Sure. Okay. So at that time, uh, Beside those rubber plantations, they already, French already built, uh, also built a lot of, um, you know, uh, factories in Vietnam you mm-hmm. know, to use our cheap labor. And there were ah. a lot of, yep, hundreds of thousands of Vietnamese people who were forced to work in those factories. Because like, if we don't work for them, if we didn't work for them, we would all died of starvation, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm, it started from like, we called it like a Basson factory in the south of Vietnam, in Ho Chi Minh City or something like that. It's it, like, there were like a guy named um, Ton Duc Thang. He was a mm-hmm. worker in that factory and he started the Red Union in that factory. And then he started mm-hmm. from, from a small group of workers who, um, who wanted to uh, work less and also want to have a higher payment and a better treatment and want their masters to stop beating them when they sick of oh my God. To work. That was it. And also along with the movement of the, um, the workers in Europe too, you know, like at the same time in Europe, there was strong workers <laughs> movement in uh, Europe where they also uh, asking for working less, less than mm-hmm. 12 hours a day, higher payment and stop. Uh, being beaten same thing same thing and yes and started from a small factory like that the movement like keep like spreading spreading out like more and more into all over vietnam and then then, like the other factories also started having their own unions like and then up to to, uh, 1930s all the unions together, small unions, mm-hmm. they together join a big national general red union 
that was one of the very important first step for Vietnam to have the worker movement like that. And you know, like the, that's fun fact, the leader of the very first Red Union of Vietnam, Tôn Đức Thắng, mm-hmm. I just told you, he later became the vice president in the 60s and worked for Ho Chi Minh. And after mm-hmm. Ho Chi Minh died, he became the president of Vietnam. Nine, oh, wow. In 1969, 1970. Yes. So back then in America, news, they called it Indochina, right? Yep. Um, <laughs> they so, just lumbers together and, and made up a word. It is Indochina, like from like India and China together to call it. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? I know. It's so bizarre. Um, yeah. So when did French... So now between the two wars, yeah. what happened in Vietnam and what were the... Did the Japanese also have plans for sure. Vietnam? Did they try to come and colonize it? Sure, sure, sure. So here's the thing. Oh. Uh, when World War One ended, you know, and uh, World War One ended, French like uh, they came back to Vietnam and they conquered, they like, colonized, like they oh again looted everything, even worse because they wanted to make up for their loss in World War One. Ah. Understand that? So it was horrible at that time, and all the way to like 1930s, it's terrible. I. No words. Just, just go Google about like Vietnam under French colonization and see the picture. It was horrible. We'll put up the pictures here. Um, in our uh, yeah. we we yeah we always put up all pictures because I've seen like I said I I've, I I shared this video before and I will do it again. So what happened to the king um, in Vietnam? Oh, around and another different story too. Uh, well, gonna be. I I want to uh, finish the first question you asked me about like after World War Two. Oh. Yeah, go, so go they, ahead. Yeah, so they looted Vietnam even more to make up they what they lost in World War One, all the way to World War Two. Okay, and World War Two when about early nineteen forties, actually when the French soldiers were still in Vietnam, the fascist Japan came, and theoretically they they came so they can kick the French uh, soldiers out. So they mm-hmm. can conquer Vietnam 100%. But the fact is, the French, because they didn't want to lose Indochina, so they mm-hmm. made a, like a compromise or like agreement with the fascist Japan. Like, hey, just let us stay here and then we will just like have you collect everything and to bring back to your country. So <laughs> Vietnam, we were already under the colonization of French. We Now we have to bear one more like... <laughs> terrible like collision from like fascist Japan. It was why from in 1945, Vietnam had huge famine, starvation, that two million Vietnamese people died of starvation. Wow. And what caused the famine? The famine is because the French, both French and Japan at that time, they took every freaking thing. Oh, that sounds exactly like what happened in India, in Bengal in 1943. It's like the French and British have done the same Same thing with a different language. They they should be on different sides. Actually, they work together to exploit Ah. us even more. They took every single thing and they like also at that time because we we, we were so miserable. So the liberation movement became like stronger and stronger and Ho Chi Minh was a leader at that time too. Um, So like to try to oppress that movement, 
French and Japan worked together to like to starve us to death to kill wow. our movement. So like they, uh, they 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 took all the rice, took all the food, and also they forced us to stop. They stop us from growing rice. So like they force wow. us to to stop growing rice. Instead of that, we grow a different kind of of trees. You know, I forgot the name. Wait a minute. A kind of trees to for they are to serve their benefit. Just mostly to serve us to that. Ah, uh, I don't right know. Now. Yeah, I'm googling <laughs> right now. And it was this the Vichy Jute. government or was it the it's one Jute. before the Vichy government? It's jute. jute. Oh, oh, yeah. we have jute. Yeah, yeah. You can make bags out of it. Yes, exactly. Jute. So they force us to like take off all the wood rice field and grow jute instead. So like, yeah, it was horrible. And Ho Chi Minh at that time, Ho Chi Minh came back to Vietnam in 2041 after being jailed in uh, by British in Hong Kong and then in China. Why was he, he jailed? Oh, because uh, he tried to start a communist party for Vietnam and for Indochina, but mm -hmm. in the thirties, and outside of Vietnam, he was in Hong Kong at that time, and Hong Kong was under the colonization of British at that time of UK. Mm -hmm. So like Hong, like uh, because he people knew that Ho Chi Minh was a communist, so they wanted to jail him. He, they wanted to stop him, you know, and yeah. So, when did he? I'm just sorry to interrupt. Yeah. One quick question: When did he start using the name Ho Chi Minh as opposed to his name was Nguyen Sin? Yeah, he had so many names. He had so uh, many names at that time. Before in French, actually in French time, he used the name Nguyen Ai Quoc, and also oh, wow. named Nguyen Tat Thanh, and also Dong Chi Ba. Also a lot of names. So Ho Chi Minh is the most famous name of him. So I mostly just use that name, so I will not confuse people. Ho Chi Minh used uh, the name Ho Chi Minh like in the late 1930s or something like that when he ah, was in okay. China. When he was in China, okay. mm. I love that. Have you one of my favorite? Have you listened to the song? I, I know you have the Ballad of Ho Chi Minh. Yes, it's yes. actually I, I love that song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Vietnamese people will love that song too. We play that song nearly every year. Oh, in like... even though it's in English. Yes, and we we also have a Vietnamese version for it too. Oh, okay. We'll send it to me after we hang up because I've only heard sure. the English version. <laughs> sure, sure. We have oh. Vietnamese version too. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Okay, so um, so he was in jail in Hong Kong in the nineteen thirties or forties. Yes, yes, the late nineteen thirties. In he was in jail in uh, fourteen months for 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 fourteen months. So they started as like there was a guy like you know a trader reported to the British uh, government in Hong Kong that Ho Chi Minh, hey, this is Ho Chi Minh, the leader, communist leader of Vietnam. And then he was arrested. And then actually there was a, he, there was a help from the, the, the loose bee, the lost bee, the loose by something, uh, a British lawyer helped him with that because mm -hmm. they, their original plan is to arrest Ho Chi Minh and then bring him to French. So they can just torture him or kill him in secret, you know? And that- wow. And actually, that British uh, lawyer who supported Ho Chi Minh, he helped him a lot. And he was the one who stopped them from like bringing him to France. And that was why he was still in uh, Hong Kong and then moved to a lot of prisons in 14 months in Hong Kong and China at that time. Because China and then was still under the colonization of like America at that time too. Mm -hmm. So like they couldn't do anything to help. And yep, after 14 months, after fighting against and like nonstop for 14 months, Ho Chi Minh was released 
Um, you can uh, uh, you can read his book, the uh, the prison diary, written by Ho Chi Minh at that time. It was written in the time he was in prison in Hong Kong, oh, and wow. China. Mm, the prison diary, a very famous diary of him. Yeah, he had then nineteen about nineteen forty one. He came back to Vietnam. The way he came back to Vietnam was horrible. He had to walk all the way to Vietnam. Walk mm, from China. Wow, and it was. Yeah. He walked from China. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, my through, god. Okay. Like through the jungles, like through the jungle, because he could not like risk to be arrested again. Okay. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Mm. And how long did it take for him to walk all the years. way? Oh. It took him like years, months, and and then when he came back to the north border of Vietnam, like right next to China, he had to mm-hmm. live in jungle for four years from 1941 to 1945 to lead the movement of Vietnam. He could not go back to big city to Hanoi or Ho Chi Minh because French and fascist Japan they control all the big cities. So he mm-hmm. had to he had to live in a cave. It's a park park cave in the north of Vietnam, and there's still that case still exists right now. And he lives there for years to lead the liberation movement of Vietnam. And finally, in 1945, we uh, won the we had the communist revolution, and Ho Chi Minh finally had a chance to go back to Hanoi. Ah, okay. At that point, there was World War Two of ending too, so yeah. France was depleted and yeah. Okay, so it seems like you got some independence, but not all of it. So what mm. happened there? Yeah, so in 1945, when um, the fascism lost, you know, and uh, fascist Japan had to leave Vietnam. Um, Ho- actually, Ho Chi Minh and Vietnam at that time had a little bit of help from the USA, you know, the OSS. Because, oh, like, really? Yeah, mm, they came and they came, they, they forced the fascist Japan to leave Vietnam. And France at that time, they were on the winning side. So, okay, yeah, okay, we still stay in Vietnam and f*** off fascist Japan. So in the 19 August of 1945, Ho Chi Minh at that time st- was still on the mountain, not in Hanoi yet. He had a letter to the movement and he said, like, we have to seize like our government right now sees our power right now because it is the time when fascists has to leave Vietnam and the America hasn't came here yet. And also the French soldiers here, they are still weak because France didn't have a time to send like the support for their soldiers here. So this is the weakest time right now and we have to seize it so we had the revolution in just few days in august wow and it did happen and it, it we won in the 19 of august of 1945 it was like we were so lucky and it was perfect timing because like it was the weakest the weakest point of all the colonels the french and japan and the usa and also the chiang kai Shek's army hasn't came to vietnam yet so it's like yeah, we took that a few days and had our revolution. So then, uh, I guess it seems like uh, America kind of came back or did something. So, like, yep. why was there like a North Vietnam and a South Vietnam? <clears throat> so, the thing is, um, when we had the successful communist revolution in August 1945, uh, a mm-hmm. few months later, in like December and January of 1946, we had our first. Uh, first democratic election 
of Vietnam. Also, like mm -hmm. also like Vietnamese people immediately were allowed to vote. Like in the very mm -hmm. first election of Vietnam, Vietnamese women allowed to vote. And yes, Ho Chi Minh mm -hmm. won. About ninety eight percent people voted for Ho Chi Minh, and he won. And he became the president of the uh, of Vietnam at that time. But now back to the story of the king. Long it was okay. long long story. So you remember back to the nineteenth century. The king was like a puppet to French, you know? He was mm -hmm. kind of a guy who like fucking coward. And all he cared about was his money and women. So they, he like made a lot of compromise to French just to mm -hmm. keep his like mansions and his beautiful woman. In 1940s, France at that time worked together with fascists, as I just said. But on the other hand, they still try to put Vietnam under the king's like king's rule, something like that. And he turned the Bao Dai king of Vietnam at that time to be like the chef of Indochina or something like that, of Vietnam, something like that. And because of that time, Ho Chi Minh was so strong in the north, so mostly the king can only control the south of Vietnam, even though officially the king should have been for the whole country of Vietnam. Wait, one quick question. Mm. So how did he, where did he get his um, army from? Or like, who, who he was- He barely had any army. No, he barely had a any army. All he had was like his old like lawyer servants <laughs> and some support from the US like gun, uh, no, France guns. He barely had any really like uh, like his own army. Mostly he he was still the chef of China or Indochina just because uh -huh. he, he had the support from French. And Ho Chi Minh was like rose up from the people and he had strong army. But he had uh -huh. no recognition from other countries in the world. That was why we were worthy. That's what the weak point of Vietnam. Uh, okay, so um, no other countries in the world would recognize right. him. Yeah, like we 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 officially had our own government in since 1946. Mm -hmm. Ho Chi Minh was our leader, but like none of the countries at that time immediately recognized us politically. Nope, they still see us as a colony of French. That was like that 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 meant like French speak for Vietnam. They have uh, all the power over Vietnam and, and either China. The very first country that like agreed to recognize Vietnam was Cuba. And then, oh, wow. And, yeah, and later- wait, 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 this was Cuba before Castro even. Yeah, right, something like that. And in, like, in the 50s, early 50s, something like that. Like Cuba and also like, and then USSR and then China, but like all back in the 50s and like right in the 1946, like no, there was really no, no one dare to, you know? No one dare to, and all the big, all the big countries like the UK, the US, friends, like they of well, course they're they all collude. Yeah, they're all colluding together. <laughs> yeah, and all small countries they couldn't have their own voices, and they all like struggle with their own liberation movement. So of course, we didn't have any support. Oh yeah, I mean India didn't exist back then, so exactly. uh, it, it makes sense. Yeah, and India was our very big ally since the fifties too. Yeah, but like not in the right right in this of nineteen forty six. Yeah. Okay, so how did the partition happen? Uh, let's see. It's very complicated. So when we, we have time, <laughs> we, we 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 see the power in the nineteen forty six. Right, we had we had like elections. Yes, but of course the French. They didn't recognize it. It's just like Vietnam is a colony to France, so it just didn't work. And then yeah, 
and it led to the fight against uh, colonialist France from 1946 to 1954. Nine more years for us to really kick French out of our country, and it led to the Geneva Agreement too. It was so, uh, literally, uh, yeah. Okay, so the king had French soldiers on his side, mm-hmm. and basically they were pushing him. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Here's the thing too: the king actually was f-ed by the U.S. So explain. Mm, so uh, this is the funny story too. When we had our first election, Ho Chi Minh mm-hmm. actually invited the king to work for the new government. You know? Oh. Mm. At first, the king tried to like, nah, I'm still the king of Vietnam. So they, he actually wrote a letter to persuade Ho Chi Minh to ba- actually go back and work for the king, to worship the king. And Ho Chi Minh wait, wait, who wrote a letter? The, the king him himself. Okay. Uh, after receiving letter from the Communist Party of Vietnam to invite him to work for the new government, he wrote a letter back and said like, mm, you should work for me. I'm still the king, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And it, Communist it's Party... Bai, his name is Bai Cha, right? Uh, Bao Dai. It's okay, B-A-O-D-A-I. Bao Dai King. Bao Dai, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, the, Ho, the, the Ho Chi Minh and Communist Party of Vietnam wrote a second letter back to him and said like, like, nah, no, you're going to work for us or not. So like, finally, the king at that time agreed to go to north and work for mm-hmm. the government of Vietnam. He was in the National Assembly of Vietnam in 1946, actually. But again, oh, wow. mm, he worked for the king of Vietnam for a few years, three years or something like that. But mm-hmm. one time in 19, in actually 1949, uh, Ho Chi Minh like uh, told the king of Vietnam to go told to that old king to go to France to do a mission for the Communist Party of Vietnam to try to negotiate or something. So the king mm-hmm. came to that old king came to France, and you know what? The actually, what? actually, France gave him a mansion and a beautiful French woman and a bunch of money, and the king decided to stay in Vietnam forever. In French, the king decided to stay in France forever, and the, the French also claimed him to be yeah to back as the chef of Indochina, of Vietnam <laughs> at that time. So yeah, he theoretically he should be the chef of Vietnam, but he lived and died in French. Since oh, then. that's very interesting. How did South Vietnam happen then? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So now because the king. Because at that time, Vietnam, uh, French only can control the south of Vietnam. Seriously, because mm-hmm. the king, the king's like palace was in the south, so like his power was, was more strong in the south. Mm-hmm. Mm, again, in the night from like early 1950s, because the mm-hmm. U.S. saw that like French was losing in Vietnam mm-hmm. and they wanted to jump in. And the mm-hmm. king was losing his power, losing his reputation too. At the same time, there was a guy, Ngo Ding Diem. He used to be kind of the prime minister working under the king. Mm-hmm. And then he wanted to betray the king, even though we, the king already betrayed Ho Chi Minh, but now he wants to betray the king. He came mm-hmm. to the U.S., Ngo Ding Diem, be, came to the U.S. in 1950. He stayed in the U.S. for about two oh, years. Hold on, who are we s- talking about again? I love track. Who are we talking about? Yeah, Ngo Ding Diem, the Ngo president. Oh, Norbing. Okay, okay, okay. I, yes, I got it. Okay, that sorry. guy, that dude. So he came, uh-huh. he was like, again, remember, he was the kind of prime minister working under the king. And now he betrayed uh-huh. the king. He came to the U.S. to seek for help. And then he was also a heavy, like, Christian. 
too. So ah. at first he came to the U.S. He came to a big church and seek for the help from a bishop over there. And then actually that bishop and the church introduced him to the government of the U.S. Mm. Mm. And was he time, Catholic? He was Catholic, yes. Okay, got it. Mm. Um, so um, Ngo Ding Diem came to the U.S. seek for the help from the U.S. And yeah, at the time, the U.S. didn't really like Ngo Ding Diem. They wanted to fight a new guy that they can control easier. You know, Juan Guaido of Vietnam. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so like, but like, they didn't. The U.S. at the time, they did. They could not find any better candidate. No, they could not. Uh -huh. So like, okay, let's pick this guy then. So yes, Ngo Ding Diem was chosen by the U.S. and then he came back to Vietnam and he they, he, they formed the U.S formed a puppet regime in Vietnam with Ngo Dinh Diệm was president. They claimed that there was an election that like 99% of Vietnamese people in the South, Southerners voted for him, but there was no evidence for that act, that, that election actually happened. So, so yes. So there's no evidence that, okay, how can, that's very, like how many millions, like that's kind of weird that you can have an election without evidence because you need to right. done very public. Yeah, so like, in Vietnam yeah. back then. It happened about like in, in 1952. Suddenly one day the Nordic oh, was like... Oh my god, Ngo Diem studied at the University of Michigan. That's where I studied too. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I was just looking him up. Okay. Yeah, it mm. says his education at the University of Michigan and I'm like, oh, he's... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, they yeah. uh they they set up a puppet uh, government with a puppet president was ignoring them, and he became a f***ing fascist. So in Vietnam at that time, we were fighting against French up until mm -hmm. 1954. At the same time, even though the U the U.S. helped Vietnam a little bit with the fascist Japan in 1945, but they actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, want to overthrow French and want to colonize Vietnam after French. Even though the, the U.S. was on the same side with French, but they already set up a puppet regime in the south of Vietnam just in case France, if the France lost, we're like, yeah, this is the backup plan for them. So it's how it works like that. And after the Dien Bien Phu victory in uh, 1954, in, I don't know, in uh, April 1954, Mm -hmm. There was um, the Geneva Agreement with like big countries like the U.S., the U.K., uh, the USSR, China, and, and French. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm. And at first, okay, a little bit about the Geneva too, if you, if you're curious. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> at first, in January of 1954, something like that, because they can see that the the liberation movement becoming stronger and stronger in all over the world. And mm -hmm. it started as the USSR wanted to work in peace with the West of Europe, you know, because the West of Europe and the USSR at that time had like severe, like heavy, strong, like you know, contradiction with each other. They fought against each other so hard, like the Cold War. Like it was mm -hmm. the peak time of the Cold War. And at first it was because the USSR and the West of Europe want to talk together because they are both like tired and they want to some kind of set some statement together. The US, they wanted to jump in because at that time they wanted to control the West of Europe. 
-hmm. And when they see, and they, their biggest, their biggest enemy at that time was the USSR. So like mm -hmm. when they saw the USSR and the Europe work together, even the, the USSR, like, holy shit, I have to jump in. So they jump in. And then French and British, England, also want to join too because like they also in Europe and they want to deal with problem in the east of uh, German and the west of German something like that too. Mm -hmm. uh, at first, and they, it was like also the big countries they want to talk together only about the issues in the whole world and they wanted to focus on Europe situation only. And then because of the being full victory and also it like the strong movement of the liberation movement of all the other countries too, they like. Okay, we need to also talk about other uh, stuff too, like our colonies, something like that. That was why mm -hmm. um, the the Indochina was brought up because the mm -hmm. French also joined that meeting. Because Indochina was brought up, it is the issue of Asia. So the USSR introduced China to go in and talk, you know. And the fact mm -hmm. is, um, the fact is. Even though the USSR at that time was ally of Vietnam, but they didn't really care about Vietnam. They just wanted like throw everything to China, like, hey, China, talk about this problem. And so because they only care about Europe at that time, the West and the East of Europe, and they throw everything mm -hmm. related to like Vietnam, China, uh, Vietnam and Asia stuff for China. So that was why China was invited into the meeting and China was also joined it, also joined that too. So because of the, again, because of the Vietnamese victory, Vietnam was invited to the meeting too. Mm, and when ah. Vietnam came, we also brought Laos and Cambodia because like, hey, your guys are talking about Indochina. You have to bring up Laos and Cambodia too. It cannot just be Vietnam alone. So that was why all countries together also like, they also talk about the Korean War too, also a big priority for them too. So it was like that, and that um, that meeting happened in like for like two to three months, and that was why we uh, had the north and south of Vietnam. You know, the parallel of latitude, the seventeenth parallel, right? Yeah, the seventeenth parallel, exactly. Oh, I was about to explain that. <clears throat> Go ahead, explain. In that Geneva meeting, Vietnam, Laos, and Cambodia, we want to be free and we want to have independence. And Vietnam mm -hmm. never wants to be separated into North and South. Mm -hmm. But at that time, uh, the USSR, they didn't really care about us and they left everything for China. And China is mm -hmm. like single, like alone in that meeting, they, they cannot support that mm -hmm. one, that, that, that the wish of Vietnam, the desire mm -hmm. of Vietnam. All the other big countries, the US, UK, mm -hmm. French, and yeah, something like that. They, they wanted to maintain their colonization in Vietnam and they disagree, strongly disagree with the desire of Vietnam to be re reunited. That was why we finally, we had to come up with the agreement that, okay, but like, like the north of Vietnam, Ho Chi Minh with Ho Chi Minh will control the north and then the south will be left for, for like the colonies like the French and then the the U.S. with the, the already plan. And the thing is, officially on that table of the meeting, the parallel 17 is just a temporarily kind of border. So two years later, Vietnam can do an election and both Vietnamese people from the both North and South can vote for uh, for the reunification of Vietnam. But that oh, actually oh, never uh, happened. Uh, so 
slow down. Okay, so the, in the agreement, they said that there would be a, like a referendum for reunification, yes. but then the South pulled it, um, pulled the agreement. Yeah, yeah, here's the thing. Um, yes, uh, we they said like so. This is a temporarily kind of border for Vietnam to prepare for the election because the big country at that time they still use the argument that like well the South Vietnamese people they didn't want to reunite with the North. They love mm -hmm. imperialism. They love colonization. <laughs> they love their masters. So like they forced it like okay for now just leave the South of Vietnam for their own and the North life to communism. Two years later, in 1956, like Vietnam can like have a democratic elections where both in South, both North and South Vietnam's people can work together to choose that we, sh we should like re reunite or not. And it's not like, it doesn't mean that Vietnam is like two nations or something like that. Vietnamese people have the right to move freely between the two sides between those 17 parallel, but that was on the paper theoretically, but it never happened. So who was policing the border to make it so that mm. they couldn't move between? Uh, when the French had to leave Vietnam after the day before victory, the US came with their puppet regime with Nordic was the president. Yeah, they left Vietnam since then, right after the Geneva Agreement, and then they literally control that parallel, and then they stop everybody from going out of Vietnam, uh, go, go, going out of that 17 parallel. They control it. The first domino to fall was Vietnam. The next is for you to go to historically.substack.com and subscribe to our newsletter and listen to previous episodes of our podcast. That's historically.substack.com. You can also catch our live streams on Twitch, Rockfin, or YouTube to learn more about feline friend and revolutionary Vladimir Ilyich Ulanov by tuning in to our Late Nights with Lenin on twitch.tv forward slash historically, rockfin.com forward slash historically, or search for us on YouTube. What did DM try to do? do um as the whatever leader yeah. of the south Viet like what was his policy and how was it different than from what ho chi minh was doing up north okay uh ho chi minh wanted the north and the south of vietnam to reunite and wanted to kick out all the interventions out of vietnam we want mm -hmm. true independence and true freedom with um massive Vietnam and communism you know Nguyen Diệm at that time, he just wanted to keep the South of Vietnam and he wanted Vietnam, the South of Vietnam to, to be under the control of the USA. It's like, it's like South Korea, you know? Yeah, exactly. It seems mm. almost identical. Um, identical so, um, yes. you know that Vietnam was mostly rural, like it had a big agricultural economy yes. back then. Yes. So what was the difference in what was going on in the North and in the South? Mm, okay, it's very big different. Um, the land reform, you're talking about the land reform, right? Yeah, mm, around yes, 1955 yes. or something? Yes, 1954, 1956, yep. At that time in North Vietnam, we were officially uh, uh, built, tried to build a socialist society, walking on mm -hmm. the socialist path. And that was mean, that, and that meant Vietnam will like, every, like, we took the land from the landlords from the feudal mm -hmm. town, and then we redistributed to farmers. 
Okay. So the landlords can... French or Vietnamese or both? Viet- Viet- Vietnamese and both. Yes, mostly Vietnamese. Okay. Mm. Uh, so um, I had like even my family experience with this too. Officially, his idea was like so every farmers can own their own means of production. Every farmer can own their land so they can produce food. To the, mm-hmm. they can just not just feed only the north and also like support for the south too. Mm-hmm. But the sad thing is. All the, uh, the other communists under his like um, power, uh, you know, mm-hmm. under Ho Chi Minh, they did it in a very violent way. Actually, my family on my mother's side was landlord. Yes, like mm-hmm. richest landlord in town. And mm-hmm. EJ, my partner now, usually like like trying to make fun of me, like, oh, I should have been a princess. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I am on my mom's side, it's the richest family in town, and we literally own the old the whole town. Okay. So in nineteen fifty five or something like that, mm-hmm. they all the communist soldiers and other poor villagers, mm-hmm. the poor peasant that used to work for my family for decades for generations, mm-hmm. they took everything. Mm-hmm. They came to our house and they took everything, every single thing, even the shirt on my grandma's body, like every freaking mm-hmm. thing. They, and they also torture my grandpa on the yard of the village. My grandma had to sneak in some water and food. To save him, or else he would die on that thing. It was horrible, you know. It's a like dark memory mm-hmm. of Vietnam at that time. And in 1956, in our National Assembly, Ho Chi Minh stood up and cried and said sorry. He didn't mean it, and he said sorry. And he immediately would try to fix it. Uh, yep. So my grandpa was uh, released, and we were also given a piece of land and one of our small house back, equally as other uh, villagers. Everything was fine. Uh-huh. And like Vietnamese people, like we understand it because like it, we didn't really blame Ho Chi Minh or blame other communists. Just like, man, we were exploiting them for generations. And now finally they uh-huh. have the chance. Like, of course they will use it to take revenge. Like, holy fuck. It, it didn't mean like we were like angels before we never did any harm. It's like we fucking exploited them for like decades. We understood it. Like, and we didn't really. But anti-communists, they used to like, oh, Ho Chi Minh was so horrible. He like tortured. He stole like that. Dude, even though my grandpa was tortured and everything was stolen, was took away, but... In the end, he survived, and also we we were like separate, uh, we were given back some of the piece equally to other people, and then we understand like it was not like we were f- my family was fucking evil. <laughs> I was <laughs> I am not on my family's side, <laughs> and also like my dad's side is the poorest peasant in the village. So my the marriage of my mom and my dad is kind of like Romeo and Juliet. Was, yeah, like the, the daughter of the landlord family, and my dad was like, petty, like so fucking poor family, the lowest how did they class. Meet? They lived in the same village, you know? And how, and how then, did they fall in love? <laughs> so, my dad at that time is a story in the 1975 to 1978. My dad was chosen to go to the USSR. I interviewed my dad, if you watch that video, you know, recently. Uh-huh. My dad, I mean, because my grandpa, father, my dad joined the communist movement and he fought and died in the south of Vietnam. So because my dad was like the first son of that of that matters and he was chosen and he was sent to the USSR to study. And after three years, he came back to the village and he just saw my mom. He fell in love and then they got married and 
another fun fact uh-huh. my 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 grandpa at that time he actually uh-huh. he didn't like my dad he wanted my mom to marry um the other richer guy uh-huh and my mom he say they got like an engagement party without her consent and my mom oh, ref- wait that. your grandpa <laughs> for to another boy <laughs> yeah something like that yeah my my grandpa <laughs> My my mom at that time really hated my grandpa, and he he tried to insult he uh, she tried to insult him by calling him like you fucking son of the landlord, you <laughs> evil. So like my mom uh, told me that like one day she came back from school. She was in high school at that time. She came back from uh-huh. school and there was already a party. And she asked like, "What party is this? Like, it's your engagement party? Like, <laughs> who?" <laughs> so yeah so uh, yeah and then she was so pissed so mad one or uh-huh. two days later she single-handedly she came to her fiance's house uh-huh. and said no to the like hey i don't want to marry you here's the thing wow I'll take back all the gifts that you gave to my family and i will not marry you and when my grandpa knew about that he was like crazy about it he he was like and in like in the middle of the night my mom remember it was december middle of the night uh-huh. in the winter my grandpa forced my mom to like, because my mom was like in love with my dad at that time already and she was uh-huh. like i like demand you i dare you to go to that guy's house and ask him to marry you right now or else i will like like punish you severely something like that because I, my grandpa he was like very evil at that time <laughs> and he was like he was like you know embarrassed you know uh-huh. he afraid that like nobody would want to marry my mom anymore and so uh-huh. my mom walked in the middle of the night walked to my dad's house and then this is what happened and my dad is asking you this well, what do you want to do? So like my dad like walked with my mom back to my house and talked with my grandpa and that was how my mom and my dad got married. Ah, so cute. Okay. <laughs> and how many of is it, are you an only child or do you have any brothers uh, or I sisters? I have one oh, I want I have only one older brother. Ah, okay. Six, that's six so adorable. Years. Yeah. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> that that's amazing. Okay. So um also I heard that Diem was like addicted to heroin or something. Oh, really? right. I didn't. I didn't really even know about that. Really. Oh, I okay. Know. I, um, I guess I have to look for more information. But I here. I let me find it that. for you. <laughs> uh, okay. I I heard it in JFK and the Unspeakable. Wow. Um, it was a book by this Catholic priest, and they were talking about how JFK wanted to pull out from the Vietnam War, mm. and then that's why the CIA killed him. So that's where I read it. So uh, yeah. I could, uh, okay, so we'll just skip this part and assume that he was on heroin. <laughs> <laughs> that's understandable. <laughs> so when did the US start bombing Vietnam? And mm. when did, who killed, D- uh, well, okay, the, this, wasn't that weird that Diem got assassinated like uh, just a few weeks before JFK and probably yeah. by the same people? <laughs> what, yeah, right. what was going yeah, right. on there? You're right. Uh, so um, um, on the U.S. sign, the U.S. always say that the Vietnam War officially started in 1965 from the Gulf of Tonkin incident. Oh, 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 oh that was a lie, right? Exactly. It was a totally lie. Absolutely lie. Like no even doubt about it. In, in 2005, the Pentagon released a document that admitted that it was absolutely fabricated. 
But in our sign, the, actually the Vietnam War started in the early 50s. Since like the day the U.S. like sent Golden Jet back to Vietnam and set a puppet government, it was when they actually intervened Vietnam. Um, yep, and Golden Jet, he was super anti-communist. He was a fascist, you know. He dragged, he literally, literally dragged the guillotine, one of the four guillotines that were left by French. They used the guillotine to chop the head of every single one that he suspected to be communist. There was no investigation, no trial. And there were at least from 2,000 to 26,000 people who were killed because of his uh, guillotine and, and his prison. Wow, that's unbelievable. And, and my God, um, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, we still have uh, that guillotine in museum to this day, and we will never forget that. Um, Where do we see it? Which museum? It, it, it's, it's in a museum in the south of Vietnam, in Ho Chi Minh. I, I, I haven't came there yet, but I will eventually. Okay. So, um, okay. So, DM, uh, 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 and let me send you this one weird mm. article. Apparently, he caused the U.S. a lot of embarrassment when he said Adolf Hitler is a cool guy. <laughs> so, but, but, like, why was he going to get... Like, like, what was going on? The who, who killed him? Like, how did he die? Who killed him? And yeah. how did he die? And who killed him? Um, in nineteen, I don't know exactly, nineteen sixty-four, something like that, right? Oh, no, no, it was like three weeks before JFK. So JFK, it was November first of November. No, first week of November in nineteen sixty-three. Sixty-three. That's what the number. Yeah, sixty-three exactly. Just a few weeks, and I bet you it was the CIA, but I, I don't know. <laughs> So, no proof. <laughs> at that time, the U.S. saw that Ngo Dinh was losing his reputation in the South because of his like fascistic like programs and campaigns. So yeah, the, he oppressed like Buddhism and lots and lots of anti-communists, and it didn't help the U.S. It just draw more and more people to follow the North to follow communism. Mm-hmm. Mm, so that's why like and he didn't really listen to the U.S. anymore. That was why mm-hmm. they wanted to put a second puppet guy that they can control easily. Okay, I'm sorry. He was killed on November 2nd, 1963, not November 1st. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. okay. yeah. Thank you so much. So, yep, they uh, assassinated. They order uh, another uh, soldiers looking for him, the South. So, and like after that, he disappeared or he killed himself or something like that. Until now, we uh, officially, we still don't know who actually gave that order. He know who shot him, but he we don't know who gave that guy the order. Mm. It's like, it, was, it should have a bit like, it is a CIA, but there's no official document yet. Yeah. Mm. So who started to lead the South? That guy, right after that, it was the guy is uh, Ngo Van Thiel, right? <laughs> he came he took the power after that and he was more like he didn't he was not as fascistic as Ngodin uh-huh. you know and he uh-huh. tried to uh, to like ease his situation down but yeah the communists of Vietnam and Ho Chi Minh keep winning and winning and officially in 1965 when the South puppet government like were really weakened you know and the uh-huh. U.S. cannot, like, stand behind them anymore. So, like, they were, like, they're too hurry. And then it was, like, holy sh**. Okay, now the... And then, only then, the U.S. officially jumped 
they created a line of fabricated incident and to drum into Vietnam to officially send like uh, weapons and submarines or kind of aircraft to Vietnam to fabricate. So like they cannot use the puppet government anymore. It's like keep weakening, weakening year mm -hmm. after years after years. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot about the U.S. Vietnam War that I don't understand. Mm, so yeah. what was the U.S. trying to do? Um, were they trying to conquer the North or just hold on to the South? Um, they, um, because they were, what do I say? It was very complicated. Uh, they said like they were, uh, they were afraid to, to have like a domino theory, you know, remember their domino theory? They yeah. believed that if Vietnam won, if communism in Vietnam won, communism will mm -hmm. keep spreading to like Laos and Cambodia, Myanmar, Thailand, and all Asia too, along with China and the USSR. Okay. So this like they, Exactly. And also, like, here's the thing. Look at the location of Vietnam. Vietnam has a very important location. It is in a oh. peninsula, and Vietnam, like, goes all the way around the coastline. And it means a lot to the U.S. The US to, to the USA if they can control this. They're like, we're located right next to China. And also, like, the USSR. Ah, oh, because it's kind of like, oh, I see. It kind of wraps around... Um... Cambodia and then uh, oh I see what you're saying okay it kind of wraps around that area exactly. in the east we located right next to China and also the USSR was a big ally of Vietnam at that time and Ho Chi Minh no and the US like they have to destroy this point this Indo China why else like China and the USSR we have a more and more power and maybe the whole Asia would turn communist and that was like big threat to capitalism in the US. And then they mm -hmm. they, they gained a lot of money during the Vietnam War. You know, like the US, the, the biggest terrorist nation on earth, they made lots and lots and tons and tons of money for like making weapons. You know, like every single bomb that were dropped in Vietnam, how many money was that? And they just took the money from people's pocket to put mm -hmm. in the companies, corporations that made the weapons and they, it's like a very good like benefits for them money uh, the war makes a lot of money for the usa so like the draw bombs to vietnam the bombers to the stone age also i mean maybe i don't know actually maybe a little bit of their arrogance they just won the world war ii you know against fascists like ooh, important well they didn't win the soviets did but whatever <laughs> but whatever yeah according to their own logic like oh the usa the hero force of the whole world they are heroic actions <coughs> you know vietnam is yeah. a little bit tiny bit of uh, countries in the middle of nowhere and then like barbaric and agricultural only and then they didn't think that they, it's going to take them that much of time and effort to win. So it's just like, eh, just do it. We're going to win and then be done with it. But like, they just like keep doing it, keep doing it. And then it keep getting like, like more and more deep into that, that fight. And not you know, until like, 1968, we take offensive until like ni uh, 1972, What's where the they had to sign the Paris agreement. Hold on. What is the Tet Offensive? Uh, I'm actually, so that we're, uh, I'm not exactly clear on it from your. Yeah. Uh, so can you explain? yeah, we had the Vietnam War from 1968. It was like really strong, like south coming south on your side. So since 1965 to 1968, Vietnam, the U.S. keep bombing. Usually, they claim to protect the south of Vietnam, but they bombed the south of Vietnam the most. 
to kill the communists. So they were waging a war against the population mm. uh, or like against democracy, just so that Americans yes, are tired, right? Exactly. They, so uh, this pe- yep. oh, wait, wait, quick question. So the majority in the South wanted to reunite and mm. that's what the conflict was about? Mm-hmm. So because of the fascistic uh, uh, government, the puppet government, millions, millions of Vietnamese poor like civilians in the South of Vietnam supported the North. And they follow mm-hmm. communism. And that was why, like, uh, even though, as I said, the U.S. came to protect the South and to maintain the government in the South for the South and people, but actually they bombed the South even more than the North because there was millions of Southerners follow communism and have communism. They had to uh, bomb the South of Vietnam to, to protect the South of Vietnam from the Southerners. Okay, that's... Oh, oh, basically because the government was so unpopular, they were trying yep. to prop up the, the government, right? Mm-hmm. I, I put up videos on my TikTok where these, um, so I don't know if you've seen this. Um, it, it, in 1971, there was something called the Winter Soldiers mm-hmm. and they just confessed to all the horrible things they did. Um, mm-hmm. Let me see if, if um, so the one thing that I do uh, that was really gross is the body count oh yeah body count measure do do you want to talk about that yeah sure so it it is sickening but if you don't mind i I guess their plan was to kill as many people so that there is no kill everything that moves that's henry kissinger's exact order and was that in vietnam or cambodia in vietnam and cambodia and now too same it just lumbers together and they and they they bombed all three country of us. It's like, oops, mistake. Uh, so which I, I heard that they bombed uh, uh, Vietnam more, like there were more bombs dropped than in yeah. World War II. About like 7.5 million tons of bombs in mm-hmm. uh, Vietnam. And there was about like 2.5 million tons. Uh, yeah, 7.1 million tons of bombs in Vietnam and only 2.5 million tons in Europe, the whole Europe during World War Two. Okay, um, Ho Chi Minh died in about 1969. Yep. So how did he feel about his country not being together by the time he had died? Um, yeah, you can read his will to understand that. He, uh, he, uh, he, like, he said, like, it, it, it was really sad. I just watched uh, his uh, will yesterday, too. He, well, what, is I, what, what, do you, what should I read? Ho Chi Minh's will. Uh, okay, Ho Chi Minh's will. Okay. Yeah. So what did he say there? He regretted that he could not leave to see the day we reunited, but he he uh, he he strongly believed that we will reunite one day soon, and uh, and encourage people to never stop fighting for the liberation, <clears throat> the true liberation and independence of our people. But he was like really sad that he could not leave to see that to see that day. One of my favorite stories is I, I'm sure I'm not pronouncing her name correct because I am I, her, her name. Is it Boy Bang? Um, she was arrested by the South Vietnamese government and then uh, they South? sentenced. Yeah, they sentenced her for 20 years in prison. And then she's ah, like, yeah. yeah, you guys, are, you yeah, guys yeah, won't yeah, last she, that long. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She's she's freaking hero. Yes, she, it, it was. Okay, can you talk about her? It's kind of really funny. Võ Thị Thắng. She's her name is Võ Thị Thắng, right? Oh, Bùi Thị Thắng. Uh, yeah. Okay. Võ Thị Thắng. Thắng. Okay. Võ Thị Thắng. Võ Thị Thắng. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Võ Thị Thắng. Got yeah. it. Okay. She's about like only twenty 
yell at that time and she was arrested by the puppet uh, regime of the, in the south and they in in the trial they sentenced her like 20 years something like that and she even like oh, just, oh wait what was her what would, was the crime that they accused the crime her of, like she followed the communists and tried to sabotage like terrorist action ah okay mm. and she was uh like she received like about 20 or 25 years sentence and she laughed in the trial when she was asked like what was what's your last word you know because like she said something like your government will not last that long <laughs> and, and then, they did they lasted another five years <laughs> exactly yet and then she later became our minister of uh, tourism oh okay she recently died okay maybe not recently but like a, yeah. a, a little while back right yeah 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 exactly that was my that was to me was like one of my favorite stories um so how did you guys like how did you guys win the war and kick out the americans wow it was tough uh it started from tet offensive when the both sides terribly lost i have to say mm-hmm. uh, Wong and Tham, one of one of our best like strategists in vietnam at that time in the whole world too because after years of fighting with the U.S. from 65 to 68 without having any clear, you know, like point that we can win or not. So we decided, OK, we have to do this. We will sacrifice a lot. But to tell the U.S. that we will sacrifice everything for our independence. So it happened in Hue first. Hue is a province that is right next to uh, the city that I'm living in right now, like two hours of driving. It is beautiful Hue also mm-hmm. our old capital of the king at that time oh. so like it was a very disgusting lie about this you know about Hue massacre i don't the no H- i don't can, yeah, the, no i don't can you please t- tell yeah. us yes 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 it is very disgusting to and i we need to raise more awareness about this so uh, for okay. decades even after the test of offensive for decades, they still the West and, and the communists still using like the argument like, oh, the communists was so horrible. They started way massacre to kill like a bunch of their own people just to win against the US, something like that. And they still lost. No, that's their argument. But the fact is, and we had like pictures and witnesses talk about this. And it was a fact that like when the actually the communist soldiers, the communist uh, army, they came to Hue and tried to take over Hue, they tried so hard to protect anybody. They tried so hard to protect the king's palace. But okay, slow down. Um, yeah. okay. So what? It, so the way? Okay. So there, I guess there was American troops inside the city of Hue. Yep. And then there was fighting. So. Yep. Oh, what happened after that? I'm not at all familiar. So uh, can you tell us more? So, yeah, because of uh, like the the communist army took over Hue for a a short time, you know, Mm -hmm. and then and then the U.S. army, along with the Southern army, the ARVN, came back with uh, like powerful weapons and they just bomb every single house in that city and they just slaughter everyone that city that they wow. like they, they just like and then after they win back they won back the city the south and the, the u.s the, army um so the south one okay so north came mm. and uh, uh, conquered the city for a little while then the south yeah. uh, killed everyone and yeah, then back. conquered yes. it again 
Yes, and what happened again? And and then what happened is like whenever there's a place that they bombed and like the uh, whole huge pile of death body, those U.S. soldiers and the Southerner, they claim that so the Viet Cong killed them all, and they just put the sign ah. over the place, put the banners like it, we didn't kill them. It was the Viet Cong, even though the weaknesses. Uh away people at that time they said that after that said that like it was the u.s army and it was the southerner who <laughs> killed them all who bombed them all because they suspected them to be communists and actually that when the communists oh. like went, went over and they tried to protect everybody but like they had to leave because of the the heavily bombing well it makes it makes sense that the U.S. would kill everyone because the U.S. was the only one that had like air bombs that you could just boom bomb exactly. everything, and yeah. you Vietnam didn't even have an air force until after, right? Yes, exactly. <sighs> so there's no way they could physically kill any like that many people at once. Exactly. And why do we have to kill our own people? If we exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, if he if they have some kind of functioning brain. They can know that it's lying, but yeah, until to this day, a lot of like Westerners, especially white people, still believe that communists did the way massacre. Like, mm, so annoying. I once wrote an article about 1956 Hungary, and the CIA literally said that the people they supported were like they were. They literally said, like it was like so funny. It's like anti-Semitic, anti-Slavic, anti-communist fought in Hitler's army, and Americans still think they're freedom fighters. Uh, and I'm like, no. So, yeah, Americans are very slow to grasp. Well, it's not, they're not slow to grasp. They just don't care enough to grasp. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So then when did the Vietnamese army come back to Hue and kick out the South? Mm, It lasts from like all the way from 1968 to 1972. Like the 1972, like when like we, the army of Vietnam, the North Army, along with millions of supporters from the South, we keep winning. We kept winning and winning and winning. Even Da Nang, Da Nang is further south than Hue. And at that time, that was why in 1972, the U.S. decided to bomb Hanoi in 12 days. You remember? Um, that? The, 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 was December? that the Christmas bombing? Something was that the like Christmas med? Christmas bombing, yes. Uh, December. It happened in December. They decided to bring like B-52, a dozen of B-52 and a bunch of other aircrafts to all Mm -hmm. the way to the north of Vietnam. They wanted to bomb us, like to bomb Hanoi to the Stone Age. Like, yeah, something like that. And then we fought for 12 days. And you can look at the picture of Hanoi. So, uh, yep. So we were devastated. But Vietnam at that time, I I don't know why, but we developed a new like like a kind of technology with the really shitty guns that we received from the USSR and the and China that we shot a bunch of B fifty two, and like Vietnam was the the yeah uh, the B fifty two aircraft. Yes, Vietnam was the first country in the world to successfully shot a bunch of. B-52, they call it like the flying Porsche of the U.S. And we shot a bunch of them. The U.S. lost so many B-52 that they were scared. And that was why they stopped bombing. And then they agreed (laughs) to sign the Paris Agreement because they saw there's no way to win against communism in Vietnam. What was the um, Paris Agreement? Paris Agreement was like, mostly we... um, 
as the U.S., we force the U.S. to go out of Vietnam, to stop its intervention, to stop sending weapons and supplies to mm-hmm. Vietnam. If they really, if they really care about the independence of Vietnam to protect the sovereignty of Vietnam like that, just leave the matter for the North and the South of Vietnam to deal with it ourselves. You, like they, they, they had no business here in Vietnam. And the fact is they are losing terribly on the fight. If they want to keep fighting, Vietnam will fight until our last breath. Mm-hmm. Until, and they were like, they finally, they were like fed up with it. And they, they, they didn't, they could not win. So they agreed to leave the South of Vietnam at that time. Okay, so yeah. why did it take three more years to liberate uh, mm-hmm. Ho Chi Minh City or Saigon? Mm-hmm. It took them a long time for the U.S. to really uh, de-weaponize and also leave Vietnam at that time, you know, and they still secretly support the South regime of Vietnam, sending more money and food and indoctrination. I mean, <laughs> lies. <laughs> oh, 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 my God. Oh, oh, got it. Propaganda. Yes, propaganda, something like that. Yes. And then like, yeah. And then it took us three more years to really defeat the South's puppet regime of Vietnam. I put up this video of the um, liberation, but what happened to the people who were collaborators? Did they get tried? Did they run away to the U.S.? Well, like, what happened to them? Oh, that is a very, very important topic that, yeah, we should talk about too. Um. After 1975, when we won the Vietnam War and officially liberated our people, from 1975 to early 1920s, there were about 3 million Vietnamese people fled communism. And they fled to the USA. And there were also a lot of people who actually the collaborators and work for the puppet regime in South Vietnam had to go to the re- rehab camps. We call it rehab camps. And this is the, one of the main arguments that we have been using to this day against Vietnam communism. It's like we cheated those people in the camps badly. And like we were so, the communism was so horrible that 3 million of Vietnamese people had to leave Vietnam. And this is the fact. This is the truth that I have to tell you. I am so tired of this bullshit. You know, at that time in Vietnam, well, we won against the U.S. and against the we reunited, but we were devastated. It was bombed to the Stone Age along with the Asian Orange. Like, we barely had anything to survive. At the same time, Pon Pot with Khmer Rouge, uh, yes, they, mm-hmm. they 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 attacked Vietnam in the south. Vietnam had to appear volunteer soldiers to go fight in the south of Vietnam, in Cambodia too. Even at the same time, the U.S. fucking backed Pon Pot to f- Vietnam up. And also, yeah, well, yeah, China also. Vietnam liberated Cambodia, right? Yes, we did. And Vietnam was the only country on earth at that time who sent soldiers to liberate Cambodia, because all other countries, they didn't dare to do any f***ing thing. Even Thailand, they like, they like, they work with the U.S. to help Pon Pot, to support Pon Pot, actually, and China, mm-hmm. too. It was a very dark time in Vietnam. And also in the 1980s, when we were fighting Pon Pot, uh, because of we dare to send soldiers to Pon Pot, the U.S. put us in severe sanction, comprehensive sanction, to starve our people to death. 
if you wow. watch my video when I interview my mom at that time, you will know how poor and how how miserable our people were at that time. Wow. And the USSR collapsed at the same time. Our biggest ally collapsed at the same time. Mm. We also uh, had the border war with China in 1979. So I have to say, the whole Vietnam was so freaking poor. We didn't mean to like. We it didn't mean that like we 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 had like good food, plenty of food, and we live in big house, and we treated people in the rehab camps badly. The whole country was starving like that. And like um, the one another thing too is like those people who used to work for the puppet regime of Vietnam, they receive uh -huh. a lot of money and supplies from the U.S. They actually send us sausages ham and milk when the other people wow. were starving to death and when mm. the u.s ran out of vietnam when the puppet regime lost of course they went back to what they should have been you know to how poor it actually is when they stopped receiving money from the u.s that was and they didn't understand that they blamed everything on communism that is the setting of that. Like my mom, like nearly starved to death, mm -hmm. even though she was born in the north and she lives in the north. And the north was so poor like that. And like this, uh, another thing too is like there were so many people like they tend like lots of southerners actually supported uh, the puppet regime of Vietnam and the north just invaded the south. I mean that, but it was not true at all. The only reason why the north of Vietnam, the communism, can win the whole country, reunify the whole country, because we had millions of people in the south supported us. That was yeah. why the U.S. even bombed the south more than the north. They spread ah. Asian Orange in the south even more than the north. Because there were so many southerners supported communism. But those people, they only live in their sphere. Only a bunch of people living in Saigon. They can access to the supplies from the U.S. because they work for the U.S. regime. They can receive those supplies. Millions of other Vietnamese southerners, villagers, they were tortured. They were raped horribly by the U.S. Yep. Um. One thing that I did tweet out was how the like a lot of them just after they were raped, they were traumatized and they just dropped the babies off at the embassy. And the yeah. U.S. had to fly these like babies because they were like children of rape. And yes. yeah, um, what happened to um, Laos? Uh, like, did Vietnam liberate Laos too? Mm, yep. Actually, Laos and Cambodia they didn't have any like they should not have been any like anything to do with the Vietnam War. But because they located right next to Vietnam, and the U.S. was brutal and ignorant enough to just bomb the. Sh out of the three countries. So they are to this day a lot of unexploded bombs, not in just Vietnam, but also in Cambodia and Laos. And actually and Laos, Laos, yeah, Laos, the resistance of Laos, the, they, he, they followed Vietnam and followed Ho Chi Minh. The leader, the resistance leader of Laos wrote lots and lots of letters to Ho Chi Minh. And we have them a lot since the 50s. Too. And to this day, Vietnam and Laos still have a really good relationship with each other. Oh, so uh, it's kind of funny. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you know Howard Dean. 
Um, but he, he claimed that his brother was killed um, in the like Vietnam War. And then I was like, nope, he was killed in Laos. <laughs> and what was he doing there? And then he blocked me immediately after that. And I mean, yeah, I, we still yeah. don't know. There is a there is like a possibility that he was probably a CIA agent and he deserved mm. what happened to him. But it was kind of funny that he was lying about his brother being go in the yeah. war. <laughs> You're right. And like, um, if, if you check the bombing map, just go, Google, check the bombing maps of the USA on Vietnam, Laos and Cambodia, you would see like, like Laos and Cambodia, even though the US, I feel so sorry for Laos and Cambodia. Vietnam feels so sorry for Laos and Cambodia because it was us. It was because of us. So they had to bear that much bombing and Asian Orange too. And like, it's so disgusting. So like when like- What happened to the unexploded bombs? Here's the thing. Um, well, in the north of Vietnam, because of Laos, uh, like right next to the north of Vietnam, lots of American pilots, when they drove their aircrafts, when they cannot fight the base of communists, the communist base in the north, but they have, they had like, you know, the target of bombing, you know, they have to finish those bombs. So they went, uh -huh. they, they failed to fight the communist base. They just drop it randomly. Oh my house. God. It is a fact. It is the truth. Oh my God! That's they horrific. randomly oh, drop a bunch of bombs that they fail to drop on communist base in Vietnam. It's just like, oh, I have to finish anyway, so drop it on the near border of Vietnam and Laos, and like, and until to this day, if you mm -hmm. I flew um over Cambodia already, and I still saw to this day huge mine and bombing field of Cambodia, right? Like now that. No trees, no farming, no house can live there. I, I still see the bombing craters, the bomb craters wow. of the U.S. Like absolutely like empty, nothing can grow there. And Cambodia, both Cambodia and Laos, even Vietnam right now, we don't have enough money and human resources to deal with all those bombs. Nearly every single month, Vietnam will find a new unexploded bomb somewhere in Vietnam. Wow. By the way, um, thank you so much uh, for coming. I know you have to leave soon, but uh, can you can you just give people where what your your I'll put the, your YouTube and your Twitter links. Are there any other social media that they should follow you on? Yeah, my Twitter and YouTube is good enough. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what do you have planned for your next YouTube? Oh, yeah, you told me. I forgot though. Oh, what was the? the <laughs> can I, um, you tell us? Yeah. Yeah, my uh, my near my uh, uh, my future videos I am releasing maybe today or tomorrow is about nationalism in Vietnam. I'm talking about the the difference between the right wing nationalism and left wing nationalism, and I want to debunk all of ignorant people, especially even leftists that claim that Vietnam is just nationalist. I am just nationalist, just like Ho Chi Minh nationalist, and nationalism is always bad. No, it's stupid. Um, it, it, nationalism is bad when you're white. Um, it's good when you're not. Uh, or okay, fine. It, it when you're colonized versus it's it's actually colonized yeah. versus of not the colonized. But nationalism of the oppressive and nationalism of the oppressed are totally two different it, things. Exactly. One is like Adolf Hitler, and the other is like Nelson Mandela, and not the exactly. same thing. People. <laughs> um, th thank you so much, and this is so fun, and I'm so glad because. Um, this is actually our second episode. Um, uh, we interviewed another author where she showed like 
the myth in America is that these soldiers had it really hard and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And this author showed us like all the like they apparently like gave them lots of drugs, prostitutes, alcohol, and just lots of uh, what do you call it? I don't know, not benefits, but what are these things? Uh, in order to like numb their mind so that oh. they could continue fighting the war. I'll send you the link uh, via um, Twitter, but it's kind of like, I'm glad that we got to uh, get the actual Vietnamese side of the things, because one thing that really drives me nuts is when they call it the fall of Saigon, as opposed to the liberation of Saigon. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> and oh, and, one, one, one more fun fact. You should, you can just decide to keep it a video or not, but it's a fun fact that like when, under the U.S. invasion and the puppet regime in the South, Saigon at that time was the biggest brothel of Indochina at that time. Wow. Yes, they they forced uh, so many thousands of women, even children, to be yep. like prostitutes for the U.S. And, soldiers. Well, the thing is that um, uh, I'll send you the other author. She said, according to one general, this isn't this is so a general would not say it unless it's true. Some of the prostitutes were as young as six. Yep. Yep. Six. Um, uh, so, um, it was and true. thank you so much. And we should have you back again. Um, yeah. I'd like to talk to you. Like, hopefully we can t talk more about like, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure out maybe like ancient Vietnam, like what happened thousands yeah, right. of years ago. Cause that yeah. would be fun. And if you ever are in New York, please look me up and we should get together. Like, have you, do you plan on coming to the States in the near future? Sure. I would have to. Yes. Your your husband your husband or fiance is American, right? Yes, he's American and a co-communist. Oh, okay. Um, so have you been here yet or not? No, I haven't. I actually planned to go to the U.S. like last year, two thousand twenty, but I could not because of the, because of the pandemic. Yeah, so. Okay. Well, when you come, please visit us in New York, and yeah. Janet's in Boston, and so yeah, definitely visit both of us. So yeah, I would hopefully, love to. yeah, hopefully. Uh, thank well, you so have much a, for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. And thank you so me. much for this. This has been amazing. And um, I'll send you, the, uh, please, uh, I'll send you the link so that you can upload this too. Yes. And have a good rest of the, what, what time is it? 10 o'clock? 9 o'clock? Uh, 8.30 a.m. Oh, oh my God. Okay. Well, thank you so much for getting up at 6 a.m. for us. We appreciate <laughs> this. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having me. Actually, I woke up every early every day, like 5 a.m. So it doesn't matter. Oh, that's great. Okay. Well, have a good rest of the day and uh, I will be watching all your videos. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for Bye -bye. having me. Bye-bye. Music for this show is done by Rectech. You can find him on SoundCloud and on Spotify. W-R-E-C-K-T-E-C-H. And thank you for listening to our show.